If you're like me, when you tune in to certain shows, be they on radio or television, it really doesn't make a whole lot of difference. And you hear the two words breaking news. You find yourself, well, on edge a little bit. And when we put the news together sometimes for shows similar to this one, you find yourself thinking, oh crud, what's going on now? But when I tuned in to Fox 4 this morning, and most especially tuned in on the Tell Me Something Good segment that they have, I found some unfinished business to take care of. In final thoughts a week ago tonight, I was wishing Michelle the best, Michelle Bogowith, the Fox 4 meteorologist, the best, as she was preparing to have her new little baby boy. Over the weekend, it happened. Michelle became a mom. She and her husband, Gary, welcomed a 7-pound, 15-ounce 21-inch long little boy whose name is Brody Quinn. From Michelle's words, we are so in love with this little guy. We are happy, healthy, and blessed to enjoy this time together as a family of three. Five including Dakota and Frank the Tank. Those two being the dogs, of course. So it happened over the weekend She'll be back, Michelle that is, will be back on Fox 4 in July. Congratulations to Michelle, Gary, and Brody Quinn. That, my friends, is very good news. Now let's move on to the show for tonight. Since the pandemic began, there have been a lot of cancellations that have taken place. The ones, since I live in the Midwest, the ones I noticed the most happen, of course, in either Kansas or Missouri. There have been suspensions of certain sporting events and things like that that have gone on. But there were two of them that happened fairly recently. One of which I want to talk about tonight that is really starting to leave me a bit uneasy with regards to the fun times that we normally have at this time of the year. The one on the Kansas side is Old Shawnee Town, Old Shawnee Days, which was supposed to happen in early June. And this one that I want to talk about tonight, which in Kansas City Magazine talked about as well, that the Kansas City Symphony had canceled their concerts for the rest of this season. I want to share with you the story about that from In Kansas City Magazine, and I wanted to share an opinion with you about why people were taking as many, why I think anyway, people were taking as many precautions as they were. Something doesn't make any sense, and I'll share opinions about that as we go. I wanted to mention also, I'm going to share with you what a made banjo sounds like and of course we'll have our pandemic positive of the evening got a full show tonight here on the new directions podcast we'll get underway right after this
Next Tuesday is my birthday. If you're looking for a way to help me celebrate it, may I make a suggestion to you? I invite you to come over to my personal page on Facebook to where it says Terry's Birthday Fundraiser for KC Pet Project. This is a local organization that knows, in my view, how to handle the pets. This is a pet shelter that has two shelters here in Missouri. There's one in Kansas as well. The one in Kansas I had a chance to volunteer at for a few months. I invite you to help me raise $200 between now and my birthday for the benefit of KC Pet Project. You can find updates from them at kcpetproject.org slash coronavirus. But I invite you to help me raise $200 between now and my birthday, which would be next Tuesday. My birthday fundraiser for KC Pet Project. I invite you to check it out whenever you can. I'm going to level with you, ladies and gentlemen. There have been some things about this pandemic that have been very, very hard to understand. And a lot of them have been very frustrating to deal with. You've heard me say this a million times, and I'll say it again. I thought I had seen everything. But apparently, I have not. And oftentimes, I find myself very frustrated, especially given the fact that there have been cancellations of certain things that we enjoy. And the only places that we were able to go to are the quote-unquote essential places. And social distancing, we need to do it. But I'm going to say it this way, guys. That doesn't mean I have to like it. Among the cancellations that I've been reading about is one that happened fairly recently. And it's under the heading of classical music. Our friends at In Kansas City Magazine had this particular article about what the Kansas City Symphony had to do, which was to cancel the remainder of the 2019-2020 season. While it doesn't come as a big surprise, the news is still disconcerting. The Kansas City Symphony has canceled all remaining concerts in the 2019-20 and 20 season due to ongoing concerns with the coronavirus. The symphony hopes to resume a full performance schedule this fall for its 2020-2021 season. Originally, the symphony canceled more than 20 concerts and events through May 10th. While canceling the rest of the season is a decision we do not take lightly, it is undoubtedly necessary in order to do our part in limiting the spread of coronavirus. Executive Director Danny Beckley explains, We care deeply about our audiences, musicians, and staff, and we have their health and safety in mind. The entire organization yearns for live symphonic music, and we look forward to being together again at Heldsburg Hall at the Kaufman Center for the Performing Arts. And now more than ever, we need the community's support. 
These new cancellations affect the following Kansas City Symphony concerts through June 21st. The Red Violin concert on May 13th featuring Joshua Bell. Frank and Ella, which is May 13th and 14th. May 15th and 17th, Frank and Ella together again. May 20th and 21st, Symphony Contributors Concerts. May the 24th, and this one, I'm doing a slow burn on, folks. Bank of America Celebration at the Station. Canceled also May 27th at the movies from, from Mao to Mozart. Isaac Stern in China. In China. Canceled May 29th through 31st, Beethoven's Pastoral. May 30th, Petite Performance, Musical Moods. June 3rd at the Movies, Humoresque. June 5th through 7th, Tchaikovsky, Beethoven, and Tree of Dreams. June 19th through 21, Beethoven's Ninth. Meanwhile, the updated list of cancellations also impacts the Kansas City Symphony's 18th Annual Bank of America Celebration at the Station, as one of the largest free outdoor events for Memorial Day weekend in the Midwest, with crowds averaging 50,000 people, the symphony was understandably concerned about holding the annual event during the coronavirus pandemic. As a performing arts nonprofit, the organization relies on revenue from ticket sales and philanthropic contributions from the community. The symphony is asking patrons to please consider returning back the value of their tickets as a tax-deductible contribution. Your generosity will allow us to keep the music going for many years ahead, Beckley says. Ticket holders who wish to donate their tickets should visit the symphony website to submit an online donation form. Those who donate will receive a tax receipt in the mail. For additional questions or ticket needs, contact the symphony box office at 816-471-0400, Monday through Friday between 10 a.m., and 5 p.m. I don't know how to feel about this. It is frustrating to me to see all the cancellations that have had to take place. Yes, we have opened our eyes. Yes, this is a serious a serious, serious issue. I understand that. We see updates practically every day. And I'm going to be honest. It's frustrating. You try to come up with fun things to do. And I think in some ways, we're able to do just that. But I basically try my best to try to find some positive things to share with you. And here lately, it has been a struggle. But I'm not giving up, you guys. When I say life goes on and so do I, I mean it. I sincerely hope and pray that we will find our way back to normal as soon as possible. I miss what, we, what we've been able to do. 
But there are positives, and as I mentioned at the top of the show before I even got into this one, the big positive goes to our buddy Michelle Bogawith, who is now a mom. I am so happy for her. When we get to final thoughts a little bit later, I'm going to dedicate it to her again. I'll give you details on what I have in mind when we get over there. We're not there yet. There's a few more things I want to do, and I want to, I want to just get off of that story pertaining to the symphony and get the heck over to positives now. There's one particular positive I'm going to do. The other one I'll share with you courtesy of another magazine article on the other side of the break. But there was something that would get me, being the banjo learner that I am, interested in doing this. We have a gentleman named Justin George who has all of a sudden become a banjo inspiration. And this is something that he purchased, that he posted on Facebook, I should say, on the 26th. And I quote, Cleaning out my closet last night and realized that I had several boxes of banjo parts that I've been collecting for the last 30 years. I didn't realize that I had enough parts to put a gold-plated banjo together. But I did, and here it is after the assembly. And here are three songs that were TV and movie themes from the 60s. Second here. I want you to start from the beginning. Take it away, my friend. I was able to pick out when I was playing through this. Pick out what he was playing, that is. I'm a long ways away from being able to play those. Foggy Mountain Breakdown was the last one, and that's my target song. 
The first song, The Ballad of Jed Clampett from the show The Beverly Hillbillies. Now, if you listen to these, those three songs and can tell me the second one, Leave me a voicemail message here at the New Directions podcast because I don't know what the heck the name of that song is. Just an idea. Pandemic positives on the other side of this break. It has been reported that businesses are going to be opening up on May the 4th. And with that in mind, I'd like to share with you something that's been happening leading up to this particular day. Small businesses are suffering big time in the wake of the coronavirus. One bad month can shutter a business forever. Go out to eat, no chains. Get your hair done. Buy your pet's food from an independent store instead of PetSmart. Grab coffee from an independent coffee shop instead of Starbucks. Choose a small business as often as you can. Target will survive. Walmart will survive. Olive Garden and Chili's will survive. Take your money to people who truly need it to survive. Shop small, shop independent, and keep the economy going. Life goes on, and so do I. The preceding was a public service from me, Terry Runyon, and the New Directions podcast. Welcome, my friends, to tonight's edition of Pandemic Positives, or what the national news outlets will never, ever tell you. Sometimes the local stations will. I firmly believe Fox 4 would, but that's another story. A lot of the local news outlets will never, ever share with you anything positive. And I'm about ready to share with you quite a bit of it tonight. I'm on the podcast page right now, the podcast Facebook page, and I'm looking for something that I would like to share with you. First of all, I had mentioned last night, this was going to be kind of a follow-up story. During the time that we had the extra coverage on the Chiefs with the Chiefs here on the show, I talked about a lineman who plays for the Chiefs that was studying to be a doctor in his spare time. And if I remember correctly, I had mentioned that he had graduated also. Well, he has not only graduated, but he's putting what, he, what he's learning to good use. This is from Kansas City Magazine. Hero Chiefs lineman is serving as a doctor during the coronavirus pandemic and is featured in Sports Illustrated. Nicole Bradley had this article, which had been published on the 27th. Almost three months ago, Kansas City Chiefs player Laurent DuVernay-Tardif was parading down Main Street in downtown Kansas City celebrating a Super Bowl 54 victory with his teammates. Today, he is walking the halls of a Montreal-area medical facility wearing a medical mask and face shield. In a personal essay, 
The Chiefs' offensive lineman tells Sports Illustrated that to celebrate his team's win, he and his girlfriend rented a boat to sail around the Caribbean where, with limited Wi-Fi access, they were keeping an eye on the coronavirus spread. He knew it was time to head home to Canada when the virus hit the U.S. Duvernay Tardif, who holds a doctorate in medicine, expresses frustration when he got home as he witnessed so many people not obeying social distancing guidelines. Meanwhile, the pandemic progressively got worse. Things really hit home when his two worlds, sport and medicine, collided. I don't have a specialty yet, and I haven't done the residency portion of the program, he tells SI. And while I don't watch many games on television, I do know how big of an industry sport is. When the NBA halted its operation and so did the NHL, it really hit me. He knew he had to put his health care degree to use and help out, knowing the risks involved. I had to check in with the Chiefs from a contract standpoint, he says. They've been amazing. They were proud of the fact that I wanted to go help. They said they would support me. After taking a crash course on pandemic-era medical care and sanitizing practices, Duvernay Tardif scrubbed in on April 24th, during the NFL draft no less, at a long-term care facility in South Shore, Quebec, about an hour outside of Montreal. Long-term care facilities are among the hardest being hit by the, by the pandemic. The player currently serves on the NFL Players Association's task force to determine when professional football will be safe to play again and what precautions can be taken when the game returns. For now, it's too soon to tell. Playing in the Super Bowl versus heading back to the medical system during a pandemic is totally different, Duvernay Tardif tells SI. Back in February, I knew that 100 million-plus people were going to be watching and I wanted to win. When you're going in to help, it's more about your duty as a doctor and a citizen. It's not the time to be the hero and be impulsive. You've got to do it the right way. It is my hope and prayer that he will do it the right way. I think that he will. He strikes me as a very smart and a very bright person. And I think he's going to do very well in the midst of all the fun. It is... You hate it when people are affected by this. You hate it. You hate the fact that people are being separated from their families. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I do not think it's right. But life goes on, my friends. There's one story I want to mention that I don't believe I have yet. This comes out of Johnson County. The website's shinymissionpost.com. And this was dated, and I brought it to the, my Facebook page, my podcast Facebook page, on the 25th of April. And I want to share this with you right now. ShinyMissionPost.com provided this information. Jay Center was our writer. The article was dated April 21st. It reads this way. First of all, well, that's a commercial form. The testing of nearly 200 randomly selected essential workers administered by the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment Friday did not find a single suspected infection. Let me say that again, ladies and gentlemen. The testing of nearly 200 randomly selected essential workers administered by the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment Friday 
did not find a single suspected infection. The sample of 186 individuals, including restaurant workers, first responders, and child care workers, was conducted Friday at Shiny Mission Northwest, my alma mater. The second random testing operation conducted by Johnson County Department of Health and Education as officials work to get a better sense of how widespread coronavirus infection is in the county. They announced this morning that it had gotten back results from 173 of the tests it administered last week and no test had come back positive. JCDHE Director Sanmi Ariola, Ph.D., said that the results suggest that the county's stay-at-home order and other efforts have helped stem widespread infection in the area. However, he said the county needs to conduct more testing to ensure their assumptions about the prevalence of the disease are correct. We are moving in the right direction, but we're not there yet, Ariola said. Friday's event was the second in-person random sample testing operation conducted by JCDHE. The first event was a sample of the broad Johnson County population and found 14 positives out of 369 tests processed. <clears throat> the county today also launched a second online population health survey, which asked residents to self-report information about coronavirus symptoms and lack thereof. Please fill out the survey accurately and completely for each person in the residence, Ariola said. Completing the survey is voluntary, but we ask that as many people as possible participate every time you are asked to recognize how the coronavirus is spreading in the community. Data from the first round of online self-reported data collection found that approximately 5% of the 73,000 respondents claimed to have symptoms consistent with the coronavirus infection. The beat goes on, my friends. As you get older, you really just want to be surrounded by good people. People that are good for you, good to you, and good for your soul. That from Quantum World, Awaken Your Mind. Trying to find something else. Matter of fact, I have not read this portion, I don't believe yet. Let me get over there to it, and I'm going to close this segment of Pandemic Positives tonight with this. Just a moment. I'm trying to get to that. I've already used these two. Just a moment. Somebody got musical here. That's a good thing. Mike Thompson's words I've already shared. Just a second. I almost have it. Trying to get down to... There were some words that somebody had released, and I wanted to read those. I put a lot of stuff on the page, guys. Whenever you get a chance to look at my New Directions podcast page on Facebook, please do so. You'll have an idea of some of the stories that I have done before and will probably end up doing at some point before the end of certain weeks. Here we go. This is the one that I wanted to use to end this segment. Sometimes the strength within you is not a big fiery flame for all to see. It is just a tiny spark that whispers ever so softly, you've got this. Keep going. We try to do that, my friends. I'll look ahead to tomorrow and final thoughts on their way next. 
we're going to go back to areas where I personally feel a lot more relaxed tomorrow night here on the New Directions podcast. We are going to go behind the music once again. And we're going to be introduced, thanks to our friends at In Kansas City Magazine, and specifically article writer Timothy Finn, to a lady named Marion Merritt. She had been in the music area of Barnes & Noble on the plaza for a very long period of time, and has since opened her own music store in the Westport area. There is an upcoming final records event that was originally going to happen in April, has been rescheduled to June, that she talked at pretty much great length with Timothy Finn about. We're going to have... Tim's interview with Marion Merritt tomorrow evening right here on the New Directions podcast. As far as final thoughts are concerned for tonight, I'm taking a moment to get my page back up and going here. I want to share some words once again that I had shared originally as a part of my first coronavirus broadcast. And I want to do this as a way of saying congratulations to Michelle because her sister-in-law was the one who shared this particular page with her back on the 17th of March. She wanted to share this with, with us at that time and I want to share it one more time as we close things out tonight. When this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger full shelves at the store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, Friday night out, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people we wanted to be, we were called to be, we hoped to be. And may we stay that way, better for each other, because of the worst. Michelle, one more time, my friend, congratulations on becoming a mother for the first time. You and Gary are going to be fantastic parents, I really believe. With that, that's going to wind things up for tonight's edition of the New Directions Podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. We will see you on this very program tomorrow night when we go behind the music. Speaking of the music, we are ready for song number six on my birthday list countdown. I bring back Dirks Bentley to provide that for us. A song that kind of signifies where I think a lot of people, myself included, are. And that's, and that's I Hold On. Should